You're here, which means that you've found spirit crumbs, leading you to your inner light worker. I will be sharing how these tiny little hints from the universe have led me to where I am today. I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of others, you'll pick up your own spirit crumbs along the way that will lead you to somewhere magical. Thanks for coming along for the journey. Let's see where it takes us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum. I'm an intuitive oracle card reader and energy healer. So today, like I mentioned last week, I'm going to be talking about the book, The Four Agreements. It's by Don Miguel Ruiz. The Four Agreements is a book that came to me through Spirit Crumbs. I just saw it when I was scrolling through the library's spiritual books. But then after I had the book, I hadn't started reading it yet. It was still on my shelf and I heard it in two separate podcasts. One was Oprah's um, and one was just, I can't remember which one. It was an episode of a different one. And that's when I was like, okay, it's a short book. I guess I'll read it. And then I ended up bringing it up. It came up in conversation like with three or four people after I had read it because it just was so relevant to the conversations we were having. So I really felt like this is something I meant to share with you. And uh, before I talk about it, I just kind of want to talk about the energy of this weekend because I'm recording this on August 9th and yesterday was August 8th. So we had the new moon in Leo and the Lionsgate portal. And I talked about that last week a bit about the energy session that I was doing. And I just wanted to just unpack that a tiny bit before we go forward because I did have a bunch of people participate and I also wanted to mention that when I do these sessions as like a a one-off group session it's because I feel the energy is strongest when we're connecting at that time so when there's the energy of the Lionsgate portal we can think of like the transformation that that means for ourselves and I felt a lot of shifts in the chakras and I do believe that that's very powerful, but I also believe there's a power in connecting at that time through the heart portal because the heart chakra is the way that we connect to others and how we connect to source. And yes, the crown chakra is where I feel we receive downloads from and we can connect to that oneness as well. But the heart chakra is very much an intentional portal to connect. And I think when there's these big astrological events, I think they are something that bring us closer to one another as well as connecting us to our purpose because the word purpose has come up a lot for me lately where I feel like it gets it gets to be something that's overwhelming for us to think about because we think there's this huge purpose, this thing that we're supposed to do and that if we don't do it, we fail as humans and I know I get overwhelmed with it sometimes, but I I do feel like we all have something important that we're meant to do when we're here, but I think it expresses so differently in all of us that it's important to realize that looking at someone else's purpose and how they feel it's fulfilled isn't really a great way to find our own. It can be great like spirit crumbs to like point us towards things that we feel drawn to, things that excite us. And so it is great that more and more people are showing up as their authentic selves. And I think that that is the energy that I feel around 
that combination of the new moon and Leo where we're setting our intentions for our heart's desires and courage and stepping forward as ourselves. Um, but I think, and as well as the Lionsgate portal with the transformation and the big shifts that can happen during that time, which by the way, is open until Thursday. So until the August 12th, this is like a two or three week period. So it's just that it's believed that the eight, eight is when it's the strongest. And that also the reason I think I am drawn to it is not so much the date and the Lionsgate portal, but just the 8-8 symbolism for me for abundance, because I also believe that Leo is kind of a great symbol of abundance for many things, including like love and connection and just joy. There's just so much there. It's such a rich time. And I think that's why I get drawn to it so much. And I've just been drawn to it this year specifically. And I think in terms of thinking of our purpose, we can think of that in so many ways because each of us is meant to be here. Each of us has a right to be here now. And I know I've talked about this in other episodes in different ways, but I think because I've seen, like I was going through Instagram and I remember last year, I didn't see a lot about the Lionsgate portal. I think a few people posted about it that I was following at the time. Um, but this year, it just every single post for like all day yesterday was about it. And I feel like that's exciting to me because it feels like people are tuning into their own energy. They're trying to connect their people. More people are awakening at this time, which I think is very exciting. But I think for people who are newer to this energy, if they're just starting to awaken and then there's this overwhelming expectation of what you're supposed to be doing with this energy, I think it can be, like I said, overwhelming. And so I just want people to remember that your purpose is being a human at this time. And I think that the part that we need to focus on is how we can impact others in a positive way. So this doesn't mean you have to do like a spiritual career or step into a specific type of healing or anything, but I think that it just means figuring out with what you genuinely desire for your life, whatever that is, how can you do that in the best way to be a positive light for others? And another part of this that comes up for me is that this period, when you choose to like tune into the astrology or the moon cycle or any of these times for transformation, you have to keep in mind that there's going to be shadows that come up. You don't just keep moving up and, you know, having a a bigger impact and feeling more connected and connecting with your purpose without finding what's been holding you back. Right? So if you have shadows that are lingering around and limiting beliefs and things that are preventing you other times, what I don't know why we would think that like this time would help us bypass that. Like we want to make these huge shifts without any work. And I think, yes, we can do a quantum leap and get a lot further than we would at other times during these like portals and intentional times that we tune in or do energy healing they do help us move forward in a faster way but sometimes it also just brings up more shadows there was this moment where 
abundance came up very strong and it was more so I feel because a lot of that's where a lot of people have shadows because I was tuning into shadow which I do in every session at some point and that's what came up at that time and so I feel like we do need to acknowledge that it's a gift to have these things pointed out to us because most of the time we have our blinders on and we just want to see the good stuff we just want to see ourselves move forward we want the magic which I 100% believe in or I wouldn't do this work. Um, I wouldn't have these sessions, but I also am someone who embraces the shadow. Like when I see where a limiting belief is, and now that I've been doing this work for so long, and even before I realized what it was, before I was doing spiritual work at all, I just, I would recognize when I saw these things in myself that needed to change. And I think that when we have the chance to see them, it is a beautiful chance to be like, this is somewhere I can now choose to up-level myself. I can transform myself into a stronger and more loving version of myself by integrating this energy, by choosing to see this as a part of me. And most of our shadows, which I'm going to do another episode on shadow work, but most of our shadows are really just areas that our ego is trying to protect us and our ego is trying to keep us safe. But this safety that it's operating on is based on like programming and things that we were told growing up that have kept us stagnant. And so in a way, shadow work is a way of pushing through the stagnant energy and really just bursting through with a new sense of self. And so it's not that these shadows are bad things. We're always going to have those parts of ourselves because our ego wants to keep us small because when we're small, there's less chance of being seen and less chance of being vulnerable and being rejected and shamed and made to feel guilty because those are all lower chakra emotions. And so I just wanted to bring that up that yes, I do feel powerful shifts, but that's going to come with some of these shadows. And if people are saying, I'm not seeing a change, I'm not feeling a shift, they're not being honest with themselves. And authenticity is about realizing you're a whole human at whatever stage you're at, right? Like you're a whole being, you have spirit as part of you, you have, you are a human being. And we need to acknowledge that I think in these moments, because that is our power. Being a human at this time is why doing this work is powerful because we are able to merge these two parts of ourselves in a stronger and stronger way. And the more we understand ourselves as humans, the more we can understand ourselves as a spirit, right? And like what lessons we're here to learn. So that was something that I just really wanted to talk about before we get into the four agreements. It's really very clear. So I'm going to be spoiling the book if anybody doesn't want to know the four agreements, (laughs) but I'm actually going to tell what the fifth one is as well, because there was a follow-up book, but it's a, it's fairly straightforward. So I'm just going to jump right into that now. So this book I chose because of, which is funny, I'm just realizing this as I'm talking, that this is probably why this book was, this episode was held off until this week, because The reason I was so really captured by this book is that it's a very practical 
spiritual philosophy. It's it's like tangible things we can do. So anybody who's just starting out with their shadow work or starting out on their spiritual path, I think this is a really great book to start with because it's not making you have to connect to a guide or do meditation really like those are all compliments to this book but even in the book um he he acknowledges that that it's it's meant to be more of a philosophy for life but it does tie into spiritual work because it talks about your beliefs and trust and all of that kind of stuff and so he starts the book and throughout the book and the, the follow-up, he's basically talking about how from the time we're children, we're programmed and we, you know, we know this, that we're told things from a young age and we believe them, right? And what the agreements that he talks about is that every time we hear a belief or an opinion or something about ourselves or something about the way life works and we believe it and it becomes a belief that's because we agreed to that belief we didn't question it we agreed to it when we're children we don't even know that we have an option to choose right like we don't know we just assume that if an adult tells us then we have to assume that that is the truth and so over time we learn these rules and we know what the rewards and punishments are. We know that we get rewarded for doing what other people expect us to do and for achieving in the ways we're told to achieve. And then we also punish ourselves by, you know, shaming ourselves, rejecting parts of ourselves, making ourselves feel guilty for having a behavior that's outside of what is expected. And he calls this like, being domesticated and then auto-domesticated when we start doing this to ourselves. And so anything that then going forward, we have this set of beliefs. It's like a system that we have in us. It's like software. And anything that challenges that, that tells us that we might have a different option or that we could believe a different thing, we have an emotional response to it because we think it's unsafe. We think that it's it's not known, so it's unsafe. And then for having that thought or that action or whatever it is that's outside of the norm, we blame, we you know shame, and we guilt ourselves. And we also do this to others as well, right? Like we we if somebody doesn't act the way we expect them to or the way we think they should, we have an emotional response to that, right? But then we have to think about in terms just of shadow work, not so much about the book, that like that's a mirror. Anything that we see that we don't like in others is something we're rejecting in ourselves because we are all one. So our the purpose of having so many humans around on this earth is that there's so many chances to learn our lessons. And that's why the same type of person or the same same type of situation will show up for us if we don't get it, right? If we don't realize, like if we don't recognize ourselves in those moments and we put it on the other, that's like shifting that like blame to that person instead of looking within ourselves. And again, this isn't to say it's a negative thing. It's just to be like, oh, that's my human showing, right? <laughs> that's That's a human thing that I need to learn in this lifetime. So anyways, that was a side note, but what he's talking about is basically that by staying in this like dream that he calls it, where we're all believing that this is the truth, 
Um, we're creating hell on earth for ourselves. We're choosing to buy into a system that takes away our freedom and our authenticity. And I think the way people are talking about freedom and authenticity right now, it's very charged um, in the collective. But I think that's because there's still an assumption that somebody is right and that we can't all just choose for ourselves. I think the focus, yes, needs to be on making a change to the system, but we have to stop putting that blame onto specific other people, right? And like, we need to start looking at just in our day-to-day life, we can't really go blaming other people for a behavior or for, you know, not having their freedom or whatever it is that you're saying to people. You can't have that belief if you're still being triggered by other people without recognizing that you're triggering yourself, right? And that's something that I've really clung to this whole time, which is why I haven't gotten too riled up about a lot of the things that are happening. Yeah, I can see where there's issues and I can see where things could go a different way, but at the end of the day, what I've repeated to people over and over again is that I'm going to do what I feel is right for me based on how I want to interact with the people that are directly around me and how I want to move forward with my life. So even if I make a decision that someone else I know isn't going to agree with, that doesn't really bother me at this point because at the end of the day, I what I've learned more than anything in the last year is that I'm comfortable with myself. Even though I know I have flaws, I have things I need to work through, I'm still learning more things about myself, which is a good thing because then there's less surprises, right? And I think that that's part of the vulnerability that comes with doing this kind of work, right? And looking at ourselves in an honest way is that the more we see those things, instead of hiding them away and being like, oh gosh, I hope no one finds out that, you know, I have a lack mentality. Instead, I'm sharing things like I'm in a bankruptcy because I've had this issue because now what are people going to find out about me, right? Like what are people going to find out about me? You guys know what I shared in my grief episode, right? So it's like, and I'm going to be talking more about those things probably going forward, but if people know your shadows and you're able to say like, this is a part of me, it's part of the lessons I'm learning in this lifetime. Yes, I have a lot of flaws. That's the point. If I didn't have any, then I would probably be an alien here from like another planet. Like I'm supposed to have flaws. Like, otherwise, what would we be doing? Imagine how boring life would be if you just like knew what to expect from day to day and everything just worked out and you just floated around not having any challenges to you know move yourself forward if you were just like you came here like completely just 100 like perfect and you didn't have to do any work you'd be freaking bored there'd be literally no point of being here right so anyways another digression um there's a quote that i just wanted to re- read here that i just looked down at and realized i wrote down um that really resonates with what i was just saying so this is the quote That is why humans resist life. To be alive is the biggest fear humans have. Death is not the biggest fear we have. Our biggest fear is taking the risk to be alive, the risk to be alive and express what we really are. Just being ourselves is the biggest fear of humans. And if I like could read this 10 times to you in a row, I would, but I feel like I would lose you. (laughs) 
And this is literally like what grasped me the most in this book. Like this was on page 17 of the book. And I was like, yes, that's even me. Like the more I admit who I want to be, who I am, what feels authentic to me, it was scary in the beginning, but now it's so freeing because I'm not hiding anything. Like I'm not pretending I want to just be in, you know, a corporate nine to five doing my thing, you know, making small talk and pretending to care about meetings that really make no difference, right? Like it's not something that I'm connected to anymore. Yes, there are things in my in my work that I do and that I really resonate with still, but then I'm I'm trying to pull out those things that I do resonate with and figure out how I can move those forward to be more of the focus of what I'm doing, right? So anyways, into the four agreements. So the first agreement is be impeccable with your word. He specifies later in the chapter that impeccability means without sin. But sin has been taken in a different context. In the context of this book and the meaning of the word, it's anything that you do that goes against yourself. So anything you feel or believe that about yourself that is negative, judging yourself, blaming yourself, rejecting yourself, those are the sins that he is talking about. That is the main thing about being impeccable with your word. Yes, it means not lying, not saying things that are not true, but that comes from a place of looking at everything you say as having creative power and that your word has power. And so anything that you say, you are putting it into the universe that you believe that. And so that's why when you... Even when you say something to another person that causes pain to them, there's going to be a consequence for you. Either that person is going to say something to you that makes you believe something bad about yourself, or you're just going to know that you put that out there, right? And you can't take it back. And then whether you recognize that that's why or not, you're going to feel bad about yourself. You may not feel it in that moment, but that that reinforces to you the negative things you say about yourself, right? And so I think that in terms of this particular agreement, it is something that we have to consciously think about when we're just going about our day-to-day life internally with ourselves, but then how we're expressing outwardly. So even if we're just not saying what we need, that's not being impeccable with our word. If we say that something's okay when it's not, that's not helpful to anyone because then other people are hurting us without realizing it, right? So if you're not being honest and saying what you need and then someone's hurting you and then you're holding this resentment, it's just creating a cycle where like your word could free you from that situation, right? And he also talks about how the human mind is fertile, but only for things that we're prepared for. So if we've only ever been prepared for negative things and we assume the worst and, you know, we believe all the bad things about ourselves, we believe our limitations, that's what we're going to be able to produce more of and expand in our minds. Whereas if we keep intentionally working on this and preparing ourselves to receive seeds of love, that's where he says that 
becomes the focus and we actually start to absorb those. So for this, it also makes me just think of in general, like our subconscious is where we manifest from and where our beliefs are stored. We don't consciously know what's under there most of the time. And that's why when we have these moments where we have a chance to do shadow work or we catch ourselves having a negative thought, that's an opportunity to see what's really under there. Cause we really don't know until there's awareness or light put on it. That's why it's the shadow, right? It's in the shadow until you put the light on it. Like I said, we, we make an agreement every time we, we hear a belief and allow that to settle in. Right. And so one of the examples that he gives is gossip and how we really bond with others on gossip, but how that's not a really good way to use the word that's misusing it. And it really isn't based in truth. It's based in our opinion on someone and usually based on our own insecurities. And so that's something I've really started to think about a lot in the last while. The example is when you're looking forward to a class and let's say there's a professor that you really have admired and you're really excited for the class. And then someone else says that that professor is a jerk and other people are like, yeah, totally. And they all agree. And then you're changing your opinion thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't like this class. And then you go into the class and you start to see the professor as a jerk, even though if you hadn't heard that, you probably would have really enjoyed the content of the class and enjoyed the class. But you're like now looking at it from someone else's perspective, when in reality, that person may have thought that the professor was a jerk because they failed, you know, and they didn't do the work. And they found it challenging and it made them feel bad about themselves. And then maybe the other people felt the same way. Maybe this professor is really challenging and maybe they weren't that interested in the material, whereas you would have done really well because you really were excited about it. And maybe it wouldn't have felt as challenging to you. You would have loved it. So it's just keeping in mind that your ego and any of this stuff that you're told to believe along your life isn't necessarily true. Most of what we have in our minds is a lie. Like we're lying to ourselves all the time. I'm sure you've heard that before. Like all of these negative things you say about yourself is just a lie based on things you've heard somewhere else. It's not coming from the true essence of who you are and your soul. It's just things you're repeating to yourself because you heard them somewhere. And this leads into the second agreement, which is don't take anything personally. And I think this is a really good segue. I really enjoy the direction that he took in the ordering of these, because once you start being aware of your word and knowing that you're really only speaking the truth and then having that awareness that people are most of the time only acting from where their programming has come to come in. It helps you understand that other people are acting from their own beliefs. Not everyone is aware that this is a system and that they've been programmed. Not everyone's aware of that. And even ourselves, like we get to a certain point where we think that we've done a lot of work and then something comes up where we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. And you find a new shadow. We're never really done with this work. And I think that that's what makes this so powerful because it talks about how really thinking that things are a personal attack all the time is actually like the most selfish thing we can do because it's like, we're assuming that everyone else's world 
revolves around us, right? Our own world revolves around us most of the time because we're living from that inner voice of ours, ourselves and we're always worried about what other people are thinking or even even when we're doing well, we're most of the time thinking about what we are going to do next and what we want to achieve. We're not thinking about other people. It's not like we revolve our world around someone else. And then when we are doing that, we have to see that that's a shadow, right? So the idea is that nothing other people do is about you. They're all living their life with them in the center and you're just a part of their world. You're not the center of it. You're just a character. And the idea that we don't need to take things personally actually gives us back some power because it means that we can do all of the things that are authentic. We can make ourselves vulnerable. We can share our stories. And other people's reactions, we have to realize, is just because we're mirroring something to them. We're admitting something that they don't want to admit about themselves yet. They're not ready. And that is something that is powerful because then we have we have the choice in that moment if someone is saying something negative or making us feel, trying to make us feel bad, trying to tell us that we shouldn't say this out loud, any of those things, you have to realize there's a reason they don't want you to talk about it. It's because then other people might see that they're that way too. The more we talk about shadows, the more they become reality to everyone. And maybe somebody's been hiding something about themselves and they don't even know they're doing it. That gives us a chance to realize that we can just keep moving forward as our authentic selves and not care about the consequences because there's no negative consequence of being authentic consequences that happen, but they're not bad. They just mean that uh, you're triggering other people. And in a way you might be helping them to make a transformation that they really need. There's this thing that you can kind of say to yourself is if somebody points out your shadow because you're being authentic and you're putting yourself out there or they they want to try and quiet you and they say, they point it out and they say, oh, you're so whatever. You can just say, I know that I am, but I also don't have the need to be accepted and I accept myself. And that is really powerful because even if somebody says that you're hurting them, it's not personal. Yes, if you're saying something hurtful, it is. But I mean, if you're just doing your thing, being yourself, being honest, and they are hurt by it, you still are not responsible for those feelings. Maybe if you said it in a, in a mean way or your intention was not good the way you said it, but if you're just being honest and saying, this is how I feel, and like, let's say in other terms, so let's say you're setting a boundary, right? Because that's part of this work of not taking things personally. If you set a boundary and someone's upset by it or you're honest with them and they are trying to make you feel bad, then it's their wounds that are hurt, but it's not you that hurt it. It's them hurting themselves. They still haven't acknowledged it. And so they're hurting because they haven't admitted that to themselves or they don't know that they're hurting because they're seeing themselves in it. And so by you just saying, I don't like the way you talk to me right now, or I can't spend this time with you right now. I need time to myself. And they say, oh, like you're telling me you don't like me or you don't want to spend time with me. That's so hurtful. But in reality, that's not the case. They're just feeling rejected. And that comes from a place of them needing that validation. So 
this is a really powerful message to just keep being yourself because regardless of what you do, it's going to trigger someone. And I'm not saying in this case to do things intentionally to trigger people, but I'm, but by being, you wouldn't be doing that if you're being authentic, right? Like your authentic self, I would hope (laughs) is not someone who does terrible things, right? Like your authentic self is finding the true essence of your soul and then acting in alignment with that. And again, that doesn't mean you have to be doing spiritual work. It just means that you have to be coming from a place of authenticity and knowing who you are and what, what your values are and not what the values you've been just told you have your whole life, right? Finding out what's really true for you. And again, we're all going to have different truths because we're all living here for different reasons with different lessons. Yeah, so it's just eliminating that guilt and judgment when you choose to say yes or no to something. That's literally all there is. It's you're saying yes, you're saying no. It takes everyone a different amount of time to get to that point for anything that comes up. But just knowing that you have the capacity to say yes or no without guilt or self-judgment or needing to explain yourself is really powerful. Because then that moves us into the third agreement, which is don't make assumptions. And so it talks about how all sadness and drama comes from making assumptions and taking things personally. These two are also interconnected. And so the assumptions are when you don't take the time to understand or ask questions about something and you create your own meaning for it. So if somebody says something to you or sends a text, you assume what they meant and how they are feeling without checking. If they don't say, I'm hurt by this, they just send a really quick text and you take it to mean that they're hurt or they're upset with you, but you don't ask, then you are hurting yourself until you are proven otherwise. Maybe you did hurt them, but if you don't know that, then you know that's what causes unnecessary pain clarifying that and finding out why. And again, it could be a case where you said no to something and they were not happy about it, but it's about them, right? It takes that extra step of just being clear in order to be able to move through something. The answer for us is more important than if it's correct. So even an assumption makes us feel safe. So even when we don't know the answer and we make up an answer, it's because we can't stand not knowing We just need to have an answer. So when we make these assumptions, it also replaces the need to communicate. And that's where the trouble is because then we start doing that automatically. We get in the habit of that and then we never really are truly communicating with people. And that makes it so much easier to take things personally and then make assumptions. And then that's what kind of sometimes creates unnecessary distance between people because maybe your your communication style is just different and you don't actually have the courage to ask the questions because we assume it's not safe to ask questions because that's part of this agreement as like when we're kids, when we're not supposed to question things, we're not supposed to ask questions. This is something that I think goes most towards like, relationships as well but also like there's this funny example that he gives where you're walking down the street there's like a busy street and you see someone who you find attractive they smile and you're like oh my gosh what if this is the person I'm meant to meet 
what if this is my soulmate? You have this whole picture in your head of you guys like running off into the sunset and then you see them get on the subway and they're gone and then you're like, oh no, there goes my chance. And you like become sad even though you made up the whole story in your head. That's like what we do. That's actually as silly as that sounds. That's what we're doing every time we assume someone else's feelings or we assume that something is what we think it is without questioning it without taking the courage because it does take courage to clarify things sometimes because it shows that we may not understand or that we may have a different opinion and we may not think the same way as someone else right we're putting ourselves in a bit of a vulnerable place there but we also sometimes just don't want to hear the answer because if it's something that hurts us or if we think it's going to change the way we feel about a situation we sometimes don't want to know we'd rather just assume and not have to actually have that face-to-face confrontation or conversation so it's just this reminder to also pay attention to when you're going into a relationship trusting your instincts and not making assumptions in those situations. So this can be in a friendship or in a love relationship, whatever it might be, even a job. But when you have to start justifying to yourself why you are with that person or why something is acceptable and you're denying that it's something that you don't like, that's also part of this because there's you're making an assumption in your head that that's going to change or that you should be okay with it I think that we have to realize that real love is accepting someone as they are or the right opportunity like uh, not making assumptions about what might be different at some point just being honest and saying this is the case I don't like it it's not acceptable to me and being impeccable with your word it goes they all work together right then being like I'm not going to accept this because I know that this is crossing a boundary for me or this is not in alignment with my authentic self we can't assume that someone else either knows we feel a certain way or is going to change and the fourth agreement is always do your best So this one, it sounds pretty straightforward and it pretty much is, but it just means that anything you do, it should be something that you can put all of your energy into and really show up as your best self because then you don't have to judge yourself. You have nothing to feel guilty about and you, there's nothing to be ashamed about because when you're doing your best for anything, There's nothing else you can do. That's literally the best you can do. And there's nothing to be feeling bad about in those situations. And so this can apply to any of those previous agreements because, you know, we all slip up and make assumptions and take things personally and maybe aren't as impeccable with our word. Maybe we all have those that negative inner voice once in a while. But the whole point is just trying your best. And when you recognize that you've done something wrong, being aware of it and moving forward and trying to do better the next time. And this is with everything. If you're in a situation, if you're in a relationship where you know you're not doing your best because it's really not in alignment, then you probably shouldn't be in that situation because it's impossible for you to do your best if it's something you already don't want to commit your time to. Same with a job or 
any situation. If it's something that you feel like it doesn't give you the space to do your best because you don't want to deep down, then it's something that maybe you don't need to be aligned with anymore. And that life is supposed to move through you. That's the other part. It's supposed to be something that goes through you and is more freeing, not something that you're fighting with all the time. Yes, there's, we all have to do things we don't want to do, but life is a lot more enjoyable when the actions we take really move us towards things that we love. If we're resisting something and we're just forcing ourselves to do it day after day, we're really just making our life more difficult than it needs to be. But it's going back to those original agreements from when we're children, where we're supposed to stay at the same place our whole life and work there. And that, you know, work has to be hard and we should be miserable at the end of the day. All of those things are agreements that we made based on what we saw around us in society and in our families. And so the quote here that I have is just to be, to take a risk and enjoy your life is all that matters. Say no when you want to say no and say yes when you want to say yes. You have the right to be you. You can only be you when you do your best. When you don't do your best, you are denying yourself the right to be you. And so it's just a matter of that. It's just a matter of applying that to everything that you do, including the other agreements, and just being okay with it. And just saying, I'm doing my best, and that's it. There's a whole section on breaking old agreements that I'm not going to get into because this I just is already longer than I planned, but I just really did want to really get into this as a general way of living that's not so much in the woo-woo and the spiritual. It's It does apply to our spiritual work as well, but it's also just a great way of being. And the final agreement that is the fifth agreement which is a whole other book personally I feel like the book was a bit much for what the main message is but the fifth one is be skeptical but learn to listen and I just wanted to say it I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because it's pretty obvious what that means but it goes back to my original thought for today which was that we need to find what is true to each of us because we're not going to have the same truth as everyone in the world, but also being okay with the fact that some people are going to feel differently about things and that everyone has the right to choose what their beliefs are. Even if they're choosing to go back into limiting beliefs and stories that are no longer necessary, that's their choice, right? And like, goes right back to the agreements. Don't take it personally and just be impeccable with your own word. And all you can do is your best. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs, or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.